0: Today's show, today is the 23rd of September. It is 5.30 in the morning in L.A. I've been up for a while, it feels like, today. I feel like I've done a day's work already. And yet, it's still dark outside, and our internet was out, and I was concerned we couldn't even have a show today. So I'm so grateful that everything went into place right before the show. So today's show... Is a crazy show. It is the show that talks about why relationships are so crazy just to keep calm and why things around us, those same things that come out in relationships, why don't they show up in our everyday lives and then we see it in a relationship? What happens? And so sometimes that crazy behavior is a symptom of our traumas and our pain. Most of the time, people who act crazy are just subconsciously, they're, they're playing out the wounds of their childhood that they probably haven't seen since their childhood or since the wound was there. Because for some reason, the element of relationship is someone you see every day the way we used to see or interact with every day the way we used to interact with our families. Pains that came to us during that time, most of the time in our families, is like, oh, wow, I have a forum now. And they want to be worked through. And if you don't face them, leaving that person isn't going to solve anything because that wound is going to wait until you're in that place again and then it's going to show up again. Because that craziness we feel is just our pain on the outside. It's already there. But it's hard to address it if no one knocked on the door. But when you get into a relationship, that's the knocking on the door. That is the trigger. And so it just shows up where it thinks it should. And on top of that, which is where the crazy, crazy comes in, is that when we first meet people, Our hormones go wild. It rushes, it floods our brain, it floods our body, and we call it falling in love. Now, we all know we don't know the person well enough. Sometimes, in the more rare times, it's real love. But the real, real love is super quiet coming in. It kind of blindsides both people. They're like, hey, wait a minute, this is different. But what's different about it? But that crazy, I want to tell the world, I want to jump off a mountain screaming your name type of stuff, that's where we're also crazy. So now crazy's meeting crazy, right? You tell them all about your childhood and everything that's hurt you in your life and maybe some great things. Hopefully you do because that would be balanced. And then your hormones are going nuts. So this leaves us with this euphoric feeling, you induced endorphin-induced, runner's high, and that feeling that there's nothing you could do about this, that love physically just makes us crazy. It's super interesting how we do that. But what else happens in there? Because those things we know. We know about the wounds coming in. We know about the highs that show up. But there's more to why our relationships feel so crazy. And past the obvious, it's our expectations. Walking in anywhere you go, I don't care if it's a relationship, a job, you, you think you're going to resolve a problem your way and not really listen to anybody else, is expectation. When you slap expectation on top of a relationship, it is so disappointing that people will even break up or abort a potential relationship from even starting because we don't think we're getting what we need before we even know the other person. Talking to someone for a day or two, or even a month, you've only met this person. They have lived how many years before you've had these conversations with them? How do you know all of that? So the expectations that we put to fulfill what we think we want from a relationship will keep you spinning your wheels for your lifetime if you cannot address that you need to pay attention to something because expectation ruins everything. When I hear people say to me, I don't have a boyfriend right now. What they're really saying is I need to have a boyfriend. So now they're going to meet someone and they need someone to fill that slot and then they'll deal with what's inside of them. But I met I met one of the Miss Californias before. She actually interviewed me for a show and she was just kind of getting her feet wet and doing that. And before the show started, started, she said to me, I'm looking for love. And I thought to myself, wow, what a great way to put that. Instead of saying, I don't have a boyfriend now or I'm alone or I'm looking for a boyfriend, she said, I'm looking for love. And so what do you think she found? Which, by the way, she did because this was about five or six years ago. She found love. She wasn't looking for someone to fill a slot. She was looking for love. She was very specific. When we say we get what we ask for, and you say you're looking for a boyfriend or a girlfriend, you're going to get a boyfriend or a girlfriend. That's not that hard to do. You may think so. But if you're just looking for a boyfriend or a girlfriend, you will find someone. Because anyone who doesn't fit the bill, you're going to discard. And then when somebody is a taker, you take. You don't even think about it. Because you'll deal with the rest later. They may look right. They just may be as simply as being receptive to you. It just may be a time in their lives to do the same thing. But she told me she was looking for love. She told me her mom was looking for love too. Her mom is a widow. She's still young and beautiful. And her daughter is beautiful. Obviously she was Miss California. So now the girl is planning to get married, and the mom is still looking for love. Not a boyfriend, love. So they understand if their hormones go wild and they are going crazy to give that time to be what it really is. Where does that land? Because what happens is if we don't do that and if we don't trust that we can find love and we lower our standards of what we think love looks like, that's why we get that relationship anxiety, you know, where we, we think it's actually normal to be anxious, to get the love we want. But what's really happening is that you have a fear of the future with the person because you know deep inside you're not really landing where you want to be, but this will do so that you can continue to ignore, whether it's conscious or unconscious, feelings you have of being rejected, abandoned, camouflaged. Excuse me, it camouflages your fear of being authentic. Camouflages the fear of intimacy, and then at the end of it, you feel like you have done things that you wish you didn't do because you did not want to not be intimate, and that's what you thought it was. Or you feel like, oh, this will take care of my unresolved trauma from all the past relationships I have had. And all that is unknowingly, that baggage, that suitcase that we drag around with us, that we open up in the wrong place and then we wonder why things don't work out for us. And they don't work out for us because we're not in the right place for them to work out. So I have to take this back. To that fork in the road, why are relationships so crazy to keep calm? Because we are hard to keep calm. And the, the crazy part of it is that we know that. We already know that. And yet we don't want to listen. Because if we listen then we have to try harder, then we may have to wait longer, then maybe we have to be, you know, in that place where patience needs to be had. So how do you know the difference in the beginning? How do you know the difference between crazy in curiosity or crazy in love or really in love? And if you talk to people who really fell in love, who became girlfriend and boyfriend, who progressed to an engagement, who progressed to marriage, it never changes their relationship, except it deepens it. Their relationship remains the same because they understand that love is calm for the most part you may have disputes you may have disagreements but the attraction it's effortless and believe it or not the eternalness of being attracted to that person it's not like you're just attracted to them when they're dressed up or when they have makeup on Or when he's driving that car. Or when he's at work and he's really good at what he does or what she does. It's eternal attraction. Think about that. And it's effortless. You don't have to work at it. Oh, I can't do that. She'll be upset and I can't. Because that's only a matter of time. One day you're going to do enough upset things they are going to take the balance and tip it one way and cause you to be thinking, what am I doing here? This is not working. This is really a lot of work. Every time I have couples say, marriage is a lot of work, that scares me. That's a red flag. Because they are having to, consciously, be kind or be respectful or be part of the relationship they are in. In a very conscious way, like, oh, I can't do that, but I can do that. Well, this will make her happy. Well, that won't. And it just is exhausting. So it's effortless. And there is an eternal attraction, meaning any time you look at that person, the worst day or their best day, The attraction is never different. That's why it's so important to spend time with each other. Because then you'll know. Can you be yourself? And by yourself, I mean, and I know this is going to sound crazy. It's not what you tell somebody. But when you can actually be quiet with them, and you're both fine with it, They can be sitting there and you could be reading a book and they could be watching TV. Or they could be at their desk and you're behind them in the kitchen and the desk is not too far and you guys can both be in your own worlds together. Don't feel like you always have to talk or impress or dress. Dress to impress. I guess that's where that came from. One of the places. But what happens is when you are truly in love with somebody, we discover moments of love and affection in the most normal of situations. It's not when you're out and everybody's on. It's when you're taking out the trash or cleaning up after dinner or watching a show together and they fall asleep and you cover them. Because those Moments mean that you are spending the kind of time together that you don't have to. One of you could take out the trash. One of you could clean up, but you don't want to do it that way. You like being together. Over and above that effortlessness, that that eternal feeling that you get when you look at that person. Like, hey, whether, whatever name you put on the relationship, you know it's an eternal relationship. It's one that can withstand all change. But then you have this respect that comes in where when things don't go right or things don't feel right, you have enough self-respect to have a mutual respect for the other person. And you don't want to see them suffer or hurt because you're upset. You understand that you're upset because of something. And your job is to express that in a way that's respectful to the other person and where they can respond with respect back. We don't need to destroy each other. Because today was a bad day. We know that we're going to have bad days, and we know we're going to have a lot of them. But we know we're going to have more good days because we understand process. It's not like you're setting the other person up to get what you want all the time. And if you are in a relationship like that, get out. I hate to say it like that, but you're not going to change yourself. You need to pay attention to whether you're a pleasing machine or you have a real relationship. And I hate to be that blunt about get out, but those people who do all the work and the other people don't because you feel like you need to keep them, or in the beginning, you gave it all away and you just took over both of your lives. Now you're exhausted and you need to just get out to relax and see what you've done and why did you put yourself in this position? But that's just telling you that your work needs you. You're not allowing The relationship to be a relay. There is no energy exchange, which is why you start to feel like you're the one who's doing everything for the other person and yourself. And if you give it away all in the beginning and you start to take it back, like, well, I don't want to do that. I've been doing that since we met. Why don't you help? Well, why didn't you ask from the beginning is usually the question back. I did not know this upset you. I thought you enjoyed doing these things because you just came in doing them. That, wow, I don't know why I do that instead of you don't do anything. Big difference in the kind of conversation you're going to have afterwards. But that eternal attraction in love thinks about afterwards. They don't think about just dropping the bombs and making sure the other person knows how hurt they are. That's not what they're doing. They're thinking about, how will this make the other person feel? Would I want to feel like that? Oh, well, if I wouldn't want to feel like that, they might not be the best way to talk to this person I love instead of I want them to know how mad I am. Because that's what makes a relationship crazy. When we come at each other without respect, we know it's only downhill from there. We may not be able to wrap our arms around it and believe that without respect we're not going to make it because we keep thinking we'll be more respectful next time. But there is, A lot to be said for respect. Because if you don't have that, acceptance or lack of becomes a question of each other. Selfishness, as opposed to selflessness, becomes an issue. You're so selfish. Everything's just about you. We is used in the conversation, trust is always questioned. Healing may or may not happen. Growth may be in the wrong direction. And over time, there becomes a lack of companionship when there is no respect. So that's the road. That's when you're at that fork in the road and you choose the path of love or the path of ego because that's really our choice. Pure love, injured love and we want to take the path of injury, it's going to take us to a lesson that turns this into a destination and then it turns it into a teacher. That lack of respect keeps it as a teacher because now you have to learn how to respect or you're not going to be able to have a foundation for a healthy relationship. And it's not that every relationship is super healthy, but that effortlessness and that eternal attraction to this relationship and to this person allows for the respect to be a part of your relationship. And if it is, there is acceptance, there is selflessness, there is trust, there is healing, there is growth, and there is companionship. But without it, it's a play-by-play Who won this one? It's a selfishness. Well, as long as I'm happy, then I'm okay. If I'm not happy, the heck with that person. The distrust of whether or not that person even wants to be there, and believe it or not, the fact that either of you have to ask that is a red flag. Do you really want to be here? Well, then act like it. What does that mean? How do you prove? And do you want someone to act like they want to be there instead of naturally being there? In relationships that last, those sentences I just spoke are never even asked. They're never even part of the relationship. Because Eternal attraction doesn't want anybody there that doesn't naturally want to be there. They know enough to know. They don't want fake. And once you've felt that eternal attraction, that, you know, sometimes you'll look at your mom and you'll go, wow, she's really a great mom. Or your dad. And say, you know, we've had our differences, but... He's a great person. This is how he lived his life. Instead of looking at it from your point of view, you're looking at it from theirs. Because love is love is love. It's just that the relationships are different. So now this is a romantic relationship, which means you brought this person in after not really knowing them in the very beginning of your life Yet because of the effortlessness and because of that eternal attraction, the calm you feel as opposed to having to go and work out your stuff through that person, they become a a teacher, not a destination. And the question is, are you going to stay or are you going to go all the time? That's exhausting, right? Say it all the time. It is physically, first it's mentally exhausting and then it starts to manifest in physicalness. I'm tired my back hurts, my head hurts, everything hurts, my feet hurt. Because I actually really don't want to be here, but I can't admit that to myself. So I would rather fight you instead, instead of face the fact that I'm part of the issue. So that I can blame you instead of looking at me. So Liam writes, the Buddhists say if you meet somebody and your heart pounds, your hands shakes, your knees go weak. That's not the one. When you meet your soulmate, you'll feel calm, no anxiety, no agitation. Said by someone named Monica Drake. The curiosity. Are you curious? Well, we're all curious. Even when you do meet someone you love, but that curiosity has something tagged onto it that doesn't exist. When we go through all of that just pure attraction feeling. And that is the patience to find out. Because in the beginning, it's all about, are we going to sleep together or not? And When is that going to happen? And these, all these first. But if you get off that for a minute, and you even ask yourself the hardest question of all, do I like this person? Not, I love them or they make my body react in a certain way. But do I like them? If I wasn't physically attracted to this person, would I want to be with them? And it's not in a measurement of how long you talk. It's what you talk about. How you interact. Do you wait for the other one to finish their sentence? you really want to hear what they're saying, or do you just want to make sure, oh, that's good, that's good, and then I said this, and then they said that. Good, I got him. Do you? Is that how you want someone? Those are our questions for Relationship Wednesday. I can't believe the show's already over. I love you guys. I will see you tomorrow on Dream Theme Thursday. Bye-bye.